All right, guys, welcome back to another podcast, Paris, Texas. I have a friend here. We're pretty new friends, but he's a really great guy, and I'm excited to introduce to you Mahir. What was your last name? Punkage. Punkage. I, I probably should have known you that prior it. to this, but Punkage. <laughs> it's all good. Um, Mahir, what's up, dude? What's up, man? Uh, okay, on? so I'm going to try something new. Yes. Where are you from? So I was born in Daytona Beach, Florida. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of weird, I know. Uh, not many Floridians. I don't think there are many Floridians in Paris, Texas, but I'm one of them. There so. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how long were you in Florida before you came, before you moved to the next location? Yeah. So I packed up my bags when I was three years old and then moved here to Paris, Texas. Um, and then, you know, started my, started my life here in Paris, um, and went to North Mar from start to finish and graduated in 07. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what is your, uh, uh, where are your parents from? So my parents are from India, India. Um, but the neat thing is, is they weren't born in India. So what? that's, yeah, that's the great, we're, we're, we're full out Indian, right? But my dad was born in Tanzania. So Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. Okay. And my mom was born in Panama. So that's... like the Panama. Yeah. So then they ended up having an arranged marriage in India. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And then my dad moved here. Um, back in 1980 and wanted to make sure that, hey, you know, I'm set. And, and, and before I, before he brings my mother over, he wanted to make sure that he had a job and had everything set out. So that way, um, you know, life would be a little bit easier. It's still chaotic whenever yeah. you only come with a couple of dollars in your, uh, in your wallet to a new country. But uh, my parents uh, worked real hard and, and they are the epitome of the American dream. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Arranged marriage. I don't, I don't know that I've ever... Yes. And I met your parents briefly at the y'all's ribbon cutting slash... Yeah. Uh, um, it's re-grand opening, yeah. Re-grand opening. Yes. Um, and I don't know that I've ever met anyone that I didn't know then, but that had an arranged marriage. That's yeah. amazing. And did it all work? I don't want to get too personal, but... No, like, please. Did, I mean, yeah. they loved each... Like, it all worked? So they didn't know each other at all. Not, um, like, they met all. on their wedding day. They met... Well, no, it was... It, it was kind of like this. Their parents kind of set them up. Okay. And so they literally had like maybe a couple hours in the day, I would assume, something like that. I mean, it's 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 from hours to maybe like a day to figure out, hey, like, are you compatible with me? Are we going to work out? Right. Is this, are, you, are you happy with living with me for the rest of your life and taking me as your husband and, and you as my wife? You know, that's basically what it boiled down that's to. That's what it was. And they got married, and that's what it is. That's so. awesome. Yeah. So how many yeah. kids did they have? So myself and my sister. My sister is five years older than I am. Okay. So, um, I'm 29. She's 34. Um, and just, just the two of us, strong pack. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So... I, Parents, we'll probably yes. come back to your parents because no I know there's some great stories with your dad Anytime. in there. Anytime. But um, okay, so Florida, yeah. and you moved to to Texas. Yes. And and what time frame? What's the what's the date around that? So I'm not exactly sure in what month in 1993, but we moved here in 1993. Um, and my parents originally they were in whenever I was born they were they had a small little beachside motel in Daytona Beach, Florida. It had mm -hmm. about 20, 21 rooms. Um, and this motel, I mean. It was just a tiny little operation, independent, no brand name, no franchising, no nothing like that. It was just a small motel on the beach, and um, it was really neat because, you know, they had a few a few family members that really believed in them and, and their their hard work and ethics and, and 
coming here, they loaned some money and wanted to work real hard to build up uh, their hospitality business, their hotel business. And so, um, you know, they, they had some help along the way. And that's the beauty of, of you know, having your own businesses. You have to have trust and faith in someone else. So in doing so, they bought the, the, the property that is currently today, Days Inn. Um, and originally that was the Crossroads Inn. It was a, it was a independent, I think even before that, or sometime in between Crossroads to what it is today, Days Inn, it was a Ramada. But it was, it was a pretty rundown property at the time that my parents had gotten it. And so they bought half of the property. There's two buildings. They bought one building and left the other one for the original owner that, that had it. And so the one that we have right now, um, it's really neat. It's a, it's a small, you know, 55 room days in, but it's done really well. And my parents worked really hard for it. So we're excited to have that. And that's where we started here in Paris, Texas. Now that's over by like North Mar, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah, right okay. off of North Main, um, headed on to 271. Yep. Like behind right Subway? Yes. Okay. Right okay. behind Just Subway. Track. Yep. That's us. Awesome. Okay. Now I get like, well, I say I get it. When I was a, when I was youth, I didn't mm -hmm. get it. But I get why Paris is amazing. But did they did they have contact here, or how, what made them want to? They just it was just a good property, to good opportunity. Um, they they saw potential in that property, uh, even though it had a lot of things, a lot of work that needed to be done. They saw it as a as a great potential to go far, and awesome. um, and they just said, hey, you know what? This is where we're gonna stay. Do this it. is a good little small town, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna raise our our family here. I just know there's a viewer out there, right? Or not viewer? I'm sorry, listener out there going <laughs> wide from Daytona to Paris, Texas. Yeah. Um, so funny, funny thing that you mentioned that my uh, so my dad has had a lot of allergies mm -hmm. in Florida, and hence the reason why many of you that that know me. I'm always sniffling or I've always got some sort of sinus issue. I've had sinus surgery. That's my only surgery I've ever had, um, a sinoplasty. You know, all these things um, were played a, played a factor is, is just health throughout my entire life. Um, but my dad's allergies were awful. We wanted a bigger opportunity um, mm -hmm. to, to gain more capital, obviously gain more earnings and stuff. And so we decided to just take that next step from a small 21-room you know, motel, independent motel to something a little bit bigger and rebrand and, mm -hmm. and move forward with, with life. That's awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right. So you moved to Paris, Texas, you're three, four ish. Yes. yes. Um, and so you started going, obviously you're right next to North Mar. So you started going to school at North oh, yeah. Mar. Oh yeah. Uh, what were your interests in like in school? What was something you did like football? You know, honestly, chest? I feel like, and you know, I think about this quite a bit. It, it's really funny. Throughout life, as a child, I didn't see myself bloom into who I am today, or at least a, a, a small part of who I am today, until maybe about the fifth or sixth grade, really. And I think a lot of my classmates who, who are still around might be able to, 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 to say the same thing. But really and truly, I mean, I would just try to be a good kid and stay out of trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, my goal is always to be like, student of the year or what, you know, whatever, just try to be a good kid and, and, and be a, a good citizen and learn from the teachers that we had. Um, and that was my primary goal. But, you know, I, as fifth grade, sixth grade kind of kept going on and we, we started getting into junior high now, you mm -hmm. know, I wanted to, to kind of be a little bit more outgoing and learn more about my classmates. 
And then I started seeing that in high school pop out. And I said, you know what, this is an opportunity. I remember at that time, there was such a stigma. Oh my gosh, you're a freshman, you're going to get picked on. Mm -hmm. Yada, 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 right? So I wanted to challenge myself to kind of go and get outside of my comfort zone and step outside of that box. So I would make it a point to go introduce myself to whoever I could, whether they're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, it didn't matter. But I wanted and I wanted them to know who I was, but I also wanted to know who they were and kind of learn more about them. I mean, it's not every day that you see a, uh, a an Indian guy in a small town like this. Yeah. You know, these some of these kids have never even seen an Indian person. They've never even known of, of you know, some of these folks that, that are out there that I'm a Hindu. You know, I'm, I believe in Hinduism. I mean, there's some some things that people would have never even thought of and i just think that it was really interesting for me to be able to have that opportunity to enlighten folks and for them to enlighten me yeah and yeah i didn't figure that out until my late 20s (laughs) (laughs) see i mean hey it happens but it's it always takes a a really neat event in life to make that happen i feel like yeah yeah that's awesome yeah all right so so you went through school making many friends yes that's awesome yes Uh, You're graduating. What was your career path? Where did you want to go from there? So, uh, and this is the brutal, honest That's what I want. Okay, so um, in high school, my dream, and and like I said before, was was to always get to know people, learn more about them, and be social. I love Mm -hmm. talking. I will talk your ear off. You can ask my general manager, Laura Spencer. Shout outs to her. Because she would tell you the same because she talks my ear off also. <laughs> yeah, she so talks a lot. She, she talks a lot. Yeah. But I love her. Um, he, so really and truly my thing was politics. I love politics. Um, if, I'm not, if I'm not at the hotels, um, you know, at either hotel, if I'm not working, um, I'm always you know, trying to look at the political waves, business trends, mm-hmm. stock market. I love stuff like that. That is my hobby. That is my passion. Um, but my other passion is medicine. So in high school, I was involved in so many different clubs and organizations. And my goal, very honestly, not to sound you know pretentious, but was to get to the top. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my goal, um, to, to influence and get to the top and help out and, uh, in, in whichever way I could to, to, to learn about life and experiences. So um, it, that was interesting. I moved on from that and uh, went off to Baylor University, and I was in between either wanting to go uh, pre-law or pre-med, and I chose pre-med. So um, I, I still kind of regret it sometimes because I was like, oh, man, I could have done – it would have been so cool to have done both. But uh, pre-med, uh, you know, medicine in general was was and still a big part of my life. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Baylor University – Baylor University. How long, were, how, how long were you at Baylor? So um, whenever I graduated high school from North Mar in 2007, uh, I moved off to Baylor University and I was there for five years. And no, I'm not that dumb. I promise. <laughs> I, I know five years nowadays is like, holy cow, what are you doing? But I double majored. Um, so I was bio pre-med. So I majored in biology. So I got a Bachelor of Arts in Biology, Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy, minored in Chemistry, and I was pre-med with all that. So it was really neat. It was a great experience. Just um, a few classes in there. A couple of classes in there. And the philosophy, if you're asking about the philosophy, that was completely out of left field. Um, you know, they say you want to be well-rounded. So my advisor was like, hey, go take a philosophy course. I said, okay, sure, why not? Um, I, I would rather not. 
But if you're telling me to, that this is probably the easiest class so I could focus on my science stuff, then yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I walk in on my first day of philosophy class and I'm like, wow. Um, I was very intrigued. I wasn't sold just yet, but I was intrigued. I was like, okay. The, 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 the teacher would kind of challenge us to kind of think outside of the box and kind of learn a little bit more about other things rather than just science because they knew that mm -hmm. a lot of these pre-med majors um, would just go right into philosophy and try to breeze through it. But I, you know, I took it seriously and I thought that it was super interesting. So I guess that's where the fascination with politics and, and, and thought um, and ideas comes from. So critical thinking is, is a major topic that I feel like most kids nowadays need to grasp. And, that's awesome. uh, and that's the future right there. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. So did you complete, you completed all of that? Yes. And then where'd you go from there? So, and, and I might add, um, I had an opportunity, a really neat opportunity, um, to help found a fraternity. So that was really neat. I got to be um, a founding father for a, an amazing fraternity called Beta Kappa Gamma. Um, it, that, I feel like that alone was such a big moment in my life to figure out so many important, you know, so, so many important pillars of life and how to succeed, not just succeed, but how to communicate with folks. Mm -hmm. um, and that was huge. Um, awesome. That fraternity was huge. So that, I feel like that's something that's pretty interesting about me also. But after Baylor University, I decided, you know what, let me go off to medicine, uh, off to medical school and pursue medicine uh, professionally uh, as an actual career. And let me get licensed and figure that out. So I decided to go, uh, it's a very strange journey, uh, what I'm about to tell you, but I went off to a, a Caribbean island called Anguilla. Okay. And not many people know of Anguilla, but I was like, you know what, let's just do this. Um, I, I went off to Anguilla, it's a, it's a small um, medical school called St. James School of Medicine. Um, and, and I'll be very honest with you, it's, it was a sketchy, <laughs> it was, it was a sketchy, um, experience, but it was a really neat experience because like I said, you get to get outside of your comfort zone and learn a lot about different cultures. So yeah. it's a completely different Island in the Caribbean, but also you got a chance to learn about medicine at the same time. So I thought it was just a brilliant idea. I decided to go off and do it and it was fun. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, did you study on the beach much? No, I wish. I wish I, I was had it a by the to, beach at yes, least. Yes. Okay. My house was actually literally a walk away from the beach. Like you could just walk, walk down the road, and there's the beach. Um, and then the school is just the same. I mean, you're maybe about a quarter mile away from the beach. Wow. And it was it was beautiful, um, especially because you know it's not like just an American beach. This is a this is a legitimate Caribbean island. I mean, you have great destinations, great hideouts, great. I mean, it's just beautiful. If I were to show you the pictures, you would just melt. You would That's die amazing. There. I mean, it's just beautiful. So um, I wish I had a chance to study on the beach, but I can honestly say I was never there. Um, I was probably there maybe a whole five times in the 18 months that I was down there. So, so 18 months. That was my next question. Yes. So you were there for 18, 18 months. 18 months. That's awesome. So and then, so you completed that. Yes. And then where'd you go? So then I uh, went into rotations in Chicago, um, and that was really neat. I was on the south side of Chicago. So as if uh, being outside of your box wasn't enough, I went outside of another box, outside of the other box that I was already in. Um, you know, the Caribbean island was already an extreme, right? Yeah. From Paris, Texas to a Caribbean island. 
Then I went to the south side of Chicago, which was a, an eye-opening experience. Uh, the first day I was in clinic there and doing some, you know, just reviewing courses and whatnot. Uh, I was at the hospital and there was a guy, there were two people actually that had um, some sort of gang, they were involved in some sort of gang shooting, right? Okay. They literally were just about to be discharged. And that was my first day I was going to say, hospital. so your first day. My first day at that hospital. Just gang shootings, no big deal. Literally just, I mean, they were already there, admitted. They were about to leave. They were all good. And they're just walking outside the steps of that hospital to leave, to go back to, you know, their home, their family, whatever. Mm-hmm. Car drives by. Pop, 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 pop. Another gang yeah, shooting. Yeah, another gang shooting. Like My they goodness. get, they just crawl right hospital. back at the hospital, right outside of the hospital. This was Southside Chicago, uh, Jackson Park Hospital. Um, really, not, uh, really rough area, rough neighborhoods in Southside Chicago. And, and, you know, like you hear on the news and stuff, you know, Chicago is a pretty scary place. Great city, don't get me wrong. Downtown's awesome. And even Southside's awesome. You just have to be in the right areas and, and, be friends with the right people. But um, that was a very eye-opening experience going from Paris, Texas to an island out in a out in the Caribbean to Southside Chicago. I was like, wow, I hope I don't get shot. But Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. So so now you're doing um, you're not full fledged doctor, you're doing no, your um, I I got out. I got out of medicine altogether. Altogether. Yeah. So so there is something that I that I had left out there. Um, going into before I had gone into medicine full on, um, going to medical school, I you know that was in the, at that time where we were really having uh, pretty intense discussions on Obamacare and figuring that out. And, you know, my father and I still remember to this day in one of my classes. I think it might have been histology or something like that at Baylor University. I was studying in my class before the class was in session. I, I remember FaceTiming my dad and we were talking. And I had this moment where I was like, Dad, is this really what I want to do? Before, before I even went in through it, I was like, is this really what I want to do? Because, you know, Obama t- uh, Obamacare, the talk about Obamacare was just scary. I mean, that's a, that's a big lifestyle change. And it's just, it's a different way of governing and how literally governing medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't completely agree with it, to be honest with you. I, I'm just here to help people, um, whether it's, in healthcare or in, you know, hospitality, it doesn't matter. I'm just, that's why I was put on earth is just to help people. And so I felt a little awkward, um, about Obamacare. So that's where I was kind of hesitant, but anyways, fast forwarding through this, you know, in Chicago, I decided, you know, maybe this isn't the right thing for me. Um, and so I kind of diverted my track and came back home for more than just one reason. My dad's health had also gotten really, really bad. And so we were, we were going downhill in his health and it was on the decline. So, um, it, it was kind of like, Hey, God gave me a sign and said, Hey, you need to, you need to really figure this out. And I, I decided to just come home, get out of medicine altogether. Okay. Um, and, and instead of it being a customer service oriented, um, you know, medical field, I didn't want to be in that. I'll, if I'm going to do customer service, let me deal with the family business that I have and let my dad and my mother, uh, my mother and my father take a break from from their hardworking reality. Mm-hmm. So. so what time frame is this? This is roughly 2015, 2016. Okay, yeah. a few years ago. Yes, yes. Okay, so you came home. Yes. Paris, Texas, where you love. Yes. Uh, where we all love. Oak Creek, that's my hood. All right. <laughs> um, and so now you've taken over. Yep. Um, 
and giving your dad a break, which yep. is awesome. Um, and what did you do next? What what like? So yes, at that time, at that time, whenever I was deciding all this, my dad was going through a really tough time. Um, this was the third time that he had been diagnosed with with oral cancer. Okay. Um, and so I figured, you know what, I. I I really had to be very spiritual about a lot mm-hmm. of this just because it was such a hard time in life. I just made a big, big move saying, hey, I'm going to get out of medicine altogether. I mean, my whole education system at that point was out the door, really and yeah. truly in terms of career-wise. Um, so I went back with whatever's in my blood, and that's hospitality. Where, where it got real was whenever my father was diagnosed again with cancer, and so was I this thought, after you got back home? Okay. This was right around the time that I was coming. I was thinking about coming back. Okay. Home. So that was, that was, that was actually the main reason why I decided to get out of medicine altogether. But also I just felt like I wasn't really happy with the way that things were going yeah. um, in medicine altogether. It just, it just wasn't something that was making me happy. Um, and yeah, I found it to be a real struggle too, just because I'm, I'm having to try to deal with my dad's health and trying to figure out, well, Hey, how I want my dad. You know, oh, yeah. he, he's as a big long, part of my life. As long as possible. Yeah. My parents are, you know, just like any other, any other person's parents, it's, it's huge. So, yeah. um, they, they made me, they're the ones that I'm, I've got to take care of. They That's took right. care of me. So, um, when he was diagnosed, that was a big part of reality. It was a reality check for me to say, Hey, listen, you know, I need to come back home and figure this out. And so I really dug really deep down inside to find reasoning behind life and, and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people my age, and, and if not even my age right now, anyone in general, I think that you can kind of relate just because you have hard times in life where you have to figure mm-hmm. out, hey, what's going on? Why is this happening? And it's not going to what I favor, um, what, you know, what's gonna happen next? So I took it as, I took it in a positive stroke saying, hey, you know what? I went through medicine and I, I loved it but I gained a lot to help my father, the one mm-hmm. person that really, really, truly has made an impact and matters to me the most, mm-hmm. my mother and my father, and I get, to, I get to help them now with all the medicine and all, medical knowledge I have. So I took it in a very positive way. I tried not to look down um, negatively or anything like that, but I took it in a very positive way and I got a chance to help my dad. So that was a really neat journey. Amazing. Scary and awful, awfully hard journey um, with this, with this oral cancer stuff, but that's why oral cancer has played a big part in my life. And I know that there are many other kids out there, um, that have had to live through that, watching their parents suffer throughout mm-hmm. the majority of their life. And, and that's why I want to, I want to make that movement easier for those kids mm-hmm. and really eradicate, help to eradicate oral cancer. Um, and that would be a dream of mine. Now he's, he's better now, right? Is he, yes, in he's better now. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay, so you're back home. Yes. Running family business. Yes. Now, am I right? Again, you're fairly new in my in my circle. Yes. You're engaged, right? I'm married. Married. Okay. Yeah, I'm married, and actually today is one year and two months. One year. Oh, man. Yeah. September, October. Yeah, so one year. That shows how much I didn't know. Yeah. Hey, no, you're so fine. So one year. You, yes. So how, you were only back for... Did you meet her here? No, so... Okay, this is going to be real interesting. I met her in America, yes, but we met through an online dating app. Oh. It was an Indian dating app, straight oh. up. It was an Indian version of Tinder, let me tell you. Um, during the, where, okay, were you on that and meeting her during the time you were living here? Though? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Because at that time, you know, my dad was starting to do a little bit better. He had a huge 16, 17 hour procedure. And it was, it's, I won't, I won't bother you with all the complexities, but it was tough. Um, but I was thinking, you know what, I, you know, I'm 27, 28. I've got it. I've got to start being serious about my future and, yeah. and life. And, you know, I'm, I'm here with my parents. I've got to have a way to, to continue the legacy, continue the future. Yeah. And I need to be serious about settling down. So, you know, in Paris, Texas, how the culture goes in, in, in the Indian culture is you've got to marry another Indian person, right? Typically, if you're a Patel, you marry the, the, someone with the same last name. And Patel is this like, like, let's just say if Smith, if, if Texas, it's this everyone Texas lives, version, everyone yeah. in, that lives in Texas is Smith, then you marry within that same city state. That's how it is in okay. India. So we're not related, nothing like that. So but y'all get had, that out of your head. But y'all had the same last name? <laughs> yes. Okay. Technically, yes. My last name is actually Punkage, which this, um, let me tell you, this is why life gets confusing with me here, Punkage. Um, <laughs> I'm, my actual last name should be Patel, but we have a really neat backstory behind all of this why my last name is punkage that's my father's first name okay. so how it works is in my family the males they take their father's first name okay as your own last name okay so my father's name is punkage muggin okay my grandfather's name is muggin lal okay right so do you see what i'm what Where, i did there so my father's last name is my grandfather's first name. Okay, yeah, I'm tracking. My last name is my father's first name. My, if I'm ever lucky enough to have some children, if I have a son, his last name would be my first name, Mahir. Mahir, okay. So it would be like Bob Mahir. Bob, you're gonna go with Bob. Bob, (laughs) I'm gonna go with Bob. (laughs) Uh, So where does Patel come in? So Patel, so that's the female line now. Okay. In my family, so I'm still considered a Patel, but my actual last name on my birth certificate, if you look at it, it's going to be Mahir Punkage. And Mark yeah. is just a nickname for those people who can't pronounce Mahir. Shout out to Lord Spencer again. Boom. But <laughs> Mahir is not that hard. It's not. It's really not. So I would encourage folks to use Mahir if possible. But if you want to call me Mark, that's fine too. The only problem, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I'm not trying yes. to make fun of your name. Yes, please. Is a few times Michael Plata and I have talked about you <laughs> oh, recently. <God. laughs> and he'll say your name so fast that I feel like he says right here. Oh, really? Like, because he's saying it so fast, I didn't catch. I'm like, right yes. where? But he was talking about you, and I was like, oh. I mean, as soon as he slowed down and I caught yeah, what he yeah, was saying, yeah. it made plenty of sense. But, I, like, it, it just so fast. I was like, right where? Hey, um, my name is, it's, it's, a, it's different. It's unique. But yeah. it's, uh, it's interesting. It's absolutely interesting. I, that's interesting. And so that's common practice in Indian culture. Just in my family. Usually, if you look at anyone else, you look at a good circle, you look at my family, my extended family, Patel, Patel, Patel. It's all Patel. Okay. Yeah. And is that, is that an old tradition? Yes. So the Patel thing or, oh, or the, the, what we the, did. The name so the, swap. So there's a story know, behind a the name. Is yeah. there a name for the name swap? No, there isn't. Okay. It's, it's literally just my family tradition between okay. my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father, myself, my future kids. It's, it's like that because when my parents came to America, they had a small motel, right? Mm-hmm. Well, people knew that the Patels were very successful in the hotel business. If you go to look at it right now, in the hospitality world, in the United States, majority of these hotels are owned by Indian Americans. Okay. So, um, and I'm, I'm not talking about the natives. I'm talking about literally from India. Uh, they dominate hospitality industry. 
But when my parents came, they realized that, hey, there's a lot of Indians that are getting robbed, uh, you, you know, gunpoint. You know, it's very mm-hmm. scary. So what my dad did was he changed his last name and did that for all the males in our family. We decided to do that. Okay. So we would go down that line. And my grandfather started that long time ago, but my father took that moniker and rolled with it. So yeah, pretty I need neat. A, yeah, I need to name this I know, right? Like, it needs a good, solid name. It's a very interesting tradition that I would I want to keep going on with I, I love it i mean heck that's that's a really cool and i mean think a hundred years from now there's like yeah okay. it'd, it'd be pretty that family tree book is gonna be like yeah 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 um, wait a minute wait a minute go up from it, there and up it, from there it's like yeah. a story yeah it's a great story it's really i love neat. storytelling so that's really really cool yes sir okay so okay i'm sorry back yeah, to fine. you meeting your wife sorry yes um yeah so so online yep Where's she from? She's from Oregon. Eugene, Oregon, Oregon, actually. Oregon. Yes. So Oregon Um, Ducks, shout outs. Baylor Bears still are number one in my book, but Oregon Ducks. She's not even an Oregon Duck, by the way. Let me just throw that out there. She's from Eugene, Oregon. She she used to live there. That was her hometown, whatever. But she went to Oregon State. Okay. So really and truly, shout out to the Beavers. (laughs) Let me just throw that out there. The Beavers. Yeah, the Beavers. That's awesome. (laughs) But um, yeah, we met online. Um... Gosh, this was two years ago that we met online. So 2016, uh, this was in, gosh, I have to really think about this. This might have been January, somewhere January, February. I can't, I would have to go back and look, but it had to have been somewhere in January, February. And um, I think it was mid to late January that we had just started talking Mm -hmm. on this app. And how the app works is you, you sit down, it's called Dill Mill. It's, it's an Indian terminology. I don't really know what it means, but um, it's, it's like, it's a literally a dating website for Indians. Okay. It's like a little app and you match. If you match, if you like the, the girl and the girl likes you or what, whatever, mm-hmm. if you like each other, then the app lets you talk to one another. It opens up a dialogue. So you talk great. Um, and then outside of that, you know, you ask, you exchange numbers and then you start talking awesome. more FaceTime, texting throughout the day, whatever. And then, you know, we decided after a while, we said, you know what? we're going to be serious about this, yep. let's meet each other. So I broke the news to my parents and I said, look, first of all, dating is, is not a big thing in the Indian culture. It's kind of frowned upon. You like have long, to, long dating. Yeah. Like, or like, like period, dating period, period. Okay. Dating, like you don't talk about the opposite sex like that. You don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't do that. You just go to school, make A's and move on and be a doctor, be a lawyer, be something. Right. Right. And then and, you seal the deal. And then you seal the deal, right? And you're done. Like, like they, they believe in arranged marriages. And I'm kind of like, look, I'm not about that. It's, it's you know, 2015, 2016. We're, we're trying to, like, adapt to the world today in America. Right, yeah. So I'm the first generation American born. So obviously I'm trying to put some things into my parents' head to say, hey, listen, I'm an American. Yeah. I'm Indian also. But you have to merge the two together, and that's me. Middle ground, yeah. Middle ground, exactly. Yeah. Let's let's you know let's figure it out. So, I broke the news to my parents. I said, "Hey, listen, uh, I've been talking to this this great girl. She's a pharmacist, amazing lady. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fly to Portland, and I'm gonna go meet her." And my mom was just livid. I mean, she was just mad. She said, "You don't even know her. You don't know her family." Like, and I was like, "Mom, I've been talking to her for like six weeks. What are you talking about?" So, Ooh. yeah, so I, I just, I just did it. I, 
I felt like it was a good time. Sometimes you just got to rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. So I just went. I, I, you know, I just, I got real, real, real courageous and I booked the ticket, flew out to Portland. And mind you, we, my wife and I still joke about this. It's cold in, it's cold in that time, you know, mm-hmm. March. It's snowy, whatnot. I remember to this day, you know, Drake had a song called Hotline Bling and he had this whole little phone mm-hmm. dance and whatnot. I kid you not, I had some boots on, I had some jeans, and I had this Nat Geo, like, alpaca llama sweater. Something. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't know what it, it was. Yeah. It was some sort of nice, thick fabric sweater. I literally looked like Drake when I, when I walked off that plane. And I, and I didn't realize it until after the fact. And I was like, oh, my God, this could be my future wife. And I, I look like a clown right now. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no offense to Drake. I love Drake. But, my God, I just looked awful. So... Uh, we still joke about that, but that was the first time I met her. I just I was fully in love. She picked me up. I didn't have much of a chance to to say hey to her. She just picked me up because we had to run, and uh, and I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, she's just beautiful. I love her to death. Sold. <laughs> I was I was done. I said I don't need to look any further. This is yeah. my wife, and I'm, I love her. Um, so how long before y'all got married? So we got married uh, August August twelfth of twenty seventeen. So from January of 2016 onward. Okay. So we actually ended up, we kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. November, November of 2016, we had our official Indian engagement at our house here in Paris. And that was a really neat event. It was fun. Um, It was a complete eye opener for me because first of all, we're in Paris, Texas, and we're not used to having Indian events here like that. Okay. You know what I mean? But it was neat. So we did that at at our home. But then let me tell you the real engagement, the real American proposal. She knew, she knew we were getting married, but still she had the set ring design that she had. Mm -hmm. So the neat story is this. I wanted to propose at our one year anniversary, March 12th, 2017. I wanted to propose to her, but I told her, hey, let's go on a trip somewhere and let's have fun. Like I said, I love politics. My wife is big on history. She loves going and seeing different places. We decided we want to go to Washington, D.C. Okay. So I'm like, yay, this is going to be great. Uh, You know, this will be interesting. Trump just got, you know, voted in as president. So Washington, D.C. would be a very intense place, but an interesting place nonetheless. Right. Right. So. We went off to Washington, D.C. Lo and behold, here's my luck. There's a blizzard coming through. Oh, no. It was so cold, and we were just trying to figure out, well, hey, where are we going to go in this cold weather? Like, how, how are we going to do this? Anyways, I was trying to figure out where am I going to propose, and I already had the set plan. I wanted to propose in the Rose Garden of the, of the actual White House. So I got in touch with uh, John Ratcliffe's office, and months prior to us planning all this, I was like, look, I want to I want to propose to my girlfriend at the Rose Garden of the White House. I wasn't thinking very clearly because Trump had just won and they were in the middle of transition. Mm-hmm. So the White House was completely Locked closed up. off yeah, yeah, to anyone because it's, it's just an important time for transition, whatnot, safety parameters. So that plan was completely off. Mind you, I did ask the secretary for for his office. I said, look, it would be great if President Trump and Melania Trump were there, the first lady and Vice President uh, Pence and his wife, if they were all there. Um, and obviously that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So she was like, sadly, I'm sorry, I can't 
have that happen. Uh, it's just not right. So I said, okay, that's all right. Let me think of some other ideas. So then I started thinking of, okay, maybe, uh, maybe the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. We got there and it was just freezing. Blizzard. So cold. My wife couldn't even stand outside. She had like three coats on. Um, so that didn't work. Um, and then I started thinking, okay, where's a warm place I can go? Where's any place period. Yeah. Uh, so Donald Trump had opened up a brand new hotel. And like I said, the hospitality business runs through my blood. It's just what I've always known. We went inside of the new Trump hotel at the old post office in Washington, DC, um, just blocks away from, from the Capitol, all that. So we were really excited. It had just opened and we were, we were really pumped because it's a, it's a very historic building, great tower to look out from. And so I decided to call the hotel while she was getting ready and all that, you know, a couple days in advance and let them know, hey, listen, I want to propose here and I want to do it huge. I want people to know how much I love her. So I tell the lady, she's arranging it. We're texting for a couple days while my wife and I are just out and about in Washington, D.C. She had no idea. And so I'm sitting there texting this lady that's up, that's uh, the leader of the, the lobby and whatnot. She helps me coordinate all this. We did a sabering in the lobby, and the lobby is this huge bar. So what a sabering is, just just to kind of let you guys know, is you have a bottle of champagne, you have a saber, literally you have a saber. Okay. And you pop it. You pop the the top off the champagne bottle with a saber. Okay. So they... Not like a lightsaber, people. Like a legitimate, like, I mean, this thing was sharp. So... They come, they come with this little cart with all these champagne bottles and whatnot. And I had already picked out a really nice bottle. Um, and so this guy, the, the bartender, what, uh, whatnot, uh, the sabering guy, he looks at my wife. He's like, hey, come here. I need your help. So he instructs her to hold a bell up, ring the bell while he's about getting ready to, to, to do the sabering. And literally, it was to get the attention of everyone in the lobby because they do this like every couple hours and whatnot. So she does it, and the whole thing was to distract her, so that way I get down on my knee and say, hey, will you marry me? Right. And it was just so awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that, that was the story of our proposal. For, for it being a plan C or, or yeah. D. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, oh my gosh. It sounds like it was pretty epic. Wow. Yeah. Pretty intense, let me tell you. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you've been married two, two years, almost two years? A year and two months. A year and two Officially months. Officially today, the 12th, yeah. Kids? No, 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 no okay. kids. No kids. Yeah, no, no kids, kids right now. No. Okay. No, no I'm sorry. I blanked out there for a second. I said kids. Okay, no. Um, no kids right now. We plan to have, you know, kids eventually, yes. but yeah. it's just, it's so hard with life. She's always, she's a full-time, you know, pharmacist. She's always working her rear end off. And then I'm here at the hotels all the time. So Working as well, yeah. Working yeah. as well. So it's Stages tough. of life, man. Stages yeah, of life. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. That's awesome. But it's neat. It's, um, it's okay, life. so... We have a, a mutual love for Paris, Texas. Yes. What's something, and this kind of final question, what's, yeah. what's something you're most looking forward to in the future for Paris, Texas? So, you know, as a kid growing up, I always heard my peers say, hey, gosh, I hate the city. I hate Paris. I can't wait to, to move out and do other things. Oh, I said that. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not even going to lie. I've probably said that once or twice when, in frustration, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Really, truly, I love this place. I love this, uh, this city. It's home to me. It's home to so many other people. And I think what's really neat that a lot of people don't understand 
outsiders of Paris don't understand is Paris is is a is a bubble, but you have to look at it in a positive sense, right? Yeah, Paris is a bubble, but the positive thing is is people here they work together and mm-hmm. they're a team. And I think that that's awesome. Like you look at you look at different organizations like the United Way, you look at so many different other charities and in 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 organizations that try to help other folks in this town. And you look at how generous the people here in this city are. It's just amazing. And so what I feel really optimistic about in, in the future for the city of Paris is the change. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, certain a particular change in general. I'm just talking about change overall. I think people are really starting to adapt to positive change um, of, you know, the downtown mm-hmm. and, 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 and just businesses coming in, embracing one another. I think more than ever, I think Paris is, is, is starting to unite a little bit more. And I don't know necessarily, I think it's the hype of, you know, maybe PEDC hype of, you know, bringing in industry, bringing, bringing in these folks that are going to really do some good work here. And I'm really excited about that. But more, more so than anything, I think what I'm really excited about is the youth that will eventually come up. Mm-hmm. And I like to say, and in, in a lot of my things that I've sent off as proposals to the city to be on different boards and whatnot, I always will always will follow this even whenever i'm one of the elder folks um, in this town is i want the youth to really succeed in this town Um, i think that the youth is where the success is with the future of the city and if we don't support that then we're in a lot of trouble because who's going to take over eventually so it has to be people of our age or younger that we have to start really you know telling hey get out there join the masses join these organizations these boards um, get involved with the city, go donate time um, and money and help, but also look at your future success and, and go far. And so um, for anyone that wants to learn more about me or anything that, that I believe in or anything that, that we can do as a community, hit me up, man. I mean, I'm, I'm very open. You can, yeah. you, you certainly know where to find me, either Hampton Inn or Days Inn. And that's, that's where I work and that's where we own. So I'm here and, I'm just really excited to get to know you. Yeah. Broadway, you were awesome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thanks for letting me hear your story, for sure. Man, anytime, if you ever need anything at all, give me a shout. That goes for everyone here in this town and and, and abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just full of excitement and positivity, and I want to basically translate that back to our community. Love it. And so I'm just a small little piece of, of the bigger picture, hopefully, and I'm so excited about Paris and the people here. Me pumped, too. man. Pumped. Me too. There's so much going on. And I agree 100%. The youth need to get involved. And, and you know, that's Absolutely. how I try to raise my children, trying yeah. to get them involved. Yeah. Um, and and I and I just, I'm excited for all the potential that Paris has in the next five, ten years. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be huge. So if you don't have faith, if you haven't had faith, you better find some now because it's it's happening. Sitting around it's happening. sitting around complaining about it isn't going to fix anything. Mm-hmm. So get involved. Yeah. And then help us mold what it's going to look like. And like I always say at the end of like my big lines, grab some popcorn. Yeah. And if you're not if you're not willing to help, grab some popcorn and just watch us do it. It's awesome. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Uh, loved you. hearing your story. Yeah. Um, Guys, we come out every week with a new podcast on Monday. We've just introduced some new smaller 10-minute podcasts. I'm trying to get at least one out a week. Um, 
So look for those. Those are going to be a little more random, a little bit more sporadic. So watch for that. And, and those are more for people that have influenced Paris, Texas. Not necessarily maybe someone that lives here, but they do. They either work or they are doing some sort of uh, event or something's happening that they have influenced something that's happening in Paris, Texas. So for look for those shorter 10-minute or less uh, podcasts coming up soon. Um, and as always, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.